1: 18.
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of
2: the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's
3: get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here.
4: Welcome back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted today to be joined by JP Mason and Colin Watt who's standing in for Declan who has tested positive for Covid. So all our thoughts and best wishes are with WeDeck. Welcome back to the show gentlemen. How are you?
5: Good Paul, thanks for uh, doing, well, doing well, doing well
4: always welcome JP that number over your shoulder not too long ago it seems it was over 100 days till Celtic's next fixture it's now sitting at 33 do you Wild. get the sense I mean this is where the, the headline is, is going do you get the sense <laughs> that time is running out
5: uh, I, I do yeah I mean just I was reading some stuff yesterday just saying how Woefully unprepared we're going to be going into games of such magnitude against uh, a team that you know by all accounts and what I've read and what the guys were saying yesterday, Mitchell and are no uh, there are no walkovers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's uh, this is this is you know the worst prepared we've ever been for Champions League qualifiers. I don't. I know we've been badly prepared in the past, but we've never had the manager come in so late. We've never had. The unrest in the camp, in terms of players that want away, uh, and you know, just just general uh, a general kind of trepidation uh, uh, over over everything of the whole club. So it's, uh, it's 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 not good timing. And we knew we knew it was going to happen. That's why we put the. That's why Tony said about having the, the number up there because we knew we knew even back at hundred and two days or whatever it was, we knew that time was running out well oh, time is definitely running out now because that's that's uh, 33 that's wild it is and you know some of the points that,
4: that JP just made there in his introduction Colin I think that yeah we've seen it coming but a massive part of this it must be remembered is that we went so far down the line with somebody else and that's why it's sitting at 33 days and we've just got a new manager but you know it looks as though and we'll talk through this because we were in the uh, press conference yesterday with Stephen Welsh um, he, he's good but he's a man of few words and he'll answer only what he wants to, to answer but we did manage to get enough of a sense that there is a, a real upheaval at the moment you imagine being Stephen Welsh and some of the others who are going back for pre-season training when you know half your, your, your first team are on Euro duty with Scotland um, some others are out of contract and you know they're not at the club at the moment uh, some others have returned from their loans I mean it must be a very difficult workplace to go back to Colin Watt and I think that this is the biggest concern that you know it's almost as if going back to that process of being prepared for that first Champions League uh, game and the qualifier and making the the, the remark that near is going to be playing centre half and actually coming it's coming to fruition now Colin this isn't this being disrespectful to near Beaton, but what I'm trying to illustrate here is that you know we're in the same boat again, and as JP says, probably in a worse position than we've been in in the last decade preparing for our Champions League qualifier.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think what uh, JP's sort of referring to is some of the games that we used to go into with near Beaton and Owen O'Connell sitting at centre-half, um, and we thought those were bad days, but now you're kind of looking at it and you're going, who are we actually going to be playing at centre-half? on from what I'm aware, might not even be in the country. He's still in his room. So we don't even know if he'll be back for these qualifiers. I think mm-hmm. he's actually looking to leave the club. So who does that actually leave you with? Does that mean that you go into the, the qualifiers with Welsh and Held at centre-half? Is that Surely the not. options that you're left Surely with? Surely not. you love <laughs> to think not. not, but I mean, 33 days you've got. Yeah. I think it's just over a week. Until the deadline is that you have to register your first squad, mm-hmm. and then after that you've got two. I think you can add two players to it. Well, it we're going- like
4: it. no, it's not, and we will look at all the different um, permutations and rumours and possible incomings, etc., all around that, Colin. But that's where we are. You know there are certain areas of that squad that is wafer thin, and one of them is the centre half position. As I said, we yesterday got an opportunity to catch up with um, Stephen Well. She's a player that I have been very impressed with over the last year, Colin. And I think that when he's come in to the the squad, he's come in at the worst possible time, hasn't he? You know, when confidence was low, when there's a backlash against um, the situation with the manager, where he's throwing players under a bus, in comes Welsh. It should be a glorious introduction to the Celtic team. And I think he done particularly well and we will be speaking about Welsh 21 appearances calling the same in actual fact as near Beton last season so He was asked all around whether or not he sees himself as a first team pick next season and everything else. So we'll go through each of the points individually and we'll also have a wee chat about what your thoughts are and what some of the kind of insights um, give us when we're looking at Stephen Welsh. Here he is yesterday at the press conference.
0: Um, Well, I think it's going to be a tough game anyway because we know Mitchland are a a quality team. I think any team that that's competing in the Champions League qualifiers is going to be a good team. So I have it, two legs, um, especially try to get fans here at Celtic Park. That would be a, a good advantage for us to, to get people, even how few it will be, uh, to get anyone back into the into the stadium would be excellent for us.
7: This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers' Discovery, weighs in on building trust.
4: you know, the fans are back uh, and some big, big numbers at some of the games. Colin, obviously w- when you're drawn against a team like Michelin, um, the quality of that side compared to, because of the, the stage that we're going into uh, the competition at, the quality of that side is much, much stronger than some of the first European games we've had recently, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it's all to do with the path that we're taking So we're taking the league path this year And you're coming up against teams like Michelin to finish second in the Danish league Um, You could have also played, I think it was Galatasaray and Austria-Vienna Some very, very strong, well-experienced sides Now that's not to say that the teams that we've faced in recent years Hasn't been that good But they haven't been to the standard of the teams that we're playing in the earlier rounds now um, and that all comes down to the fact that you're playing teams from the sort of nations round about Scotland's level as opposed to maybe playing one of the lower leagues where Scotland have previously been seeded. So it is going to be a very difficult path for Celtic if they want to even try and get anywhere near the group stage this year. Um, and we are probably very underprepared for this. Um, and it is quite worrying. If you were playing someone, with no disrespect to them, but like a a K.R. Reykjavik or a Nomek Alju, then going into that with a centre-half pairing of maybe Helge and um, Welsh, you're going, we might just be able to get through this. But the standard that you're playing now, it's it's just not going to cut it.
4: Now, I noticed uh, a lovely bit of product placement, JP, when Stephen Welsh came into the press conference wearing the new jersey. Uh, and it looks really good. But i also noticed there's a bit of product placement on your famous coat hanger over your shoulders. <laughs> talk, talk to us about that. That looks to me like it's an original because it's, a, it's a, a
5: kid's size, is it not? Uh, it is a kid's size, yeah. Um, uh, that's my... Uh, I bought out. Oh, and buy. My parents got me the, the home version of that strip and the away version, 1990, mm-hmm. I guess it would have been, uh, or maybe ninety one. And uh, I, I I love it. I, I really, really wish. I was in a, a vintage shop down, uh, do you know, across from the St. Enoch Centre where Mono is, Monorail Cafe, and there's a, there's a vintage shop there and they had a rack in it of football tops and they had that top in a large and it was 75 quid but it had a nick on the shoulder, quite a substantial nick. And I was like, you can't 75 quid for a football top with a hole in it? It's a bit much. Uh, I tried it on. I was with Brendan, our mutual friend, Brendan, and uh, I tried it on and I didn't get it. And I really, really regret not getting it. And the woman that runs the shop, Celtic fan, and she said she what she did for her sons or two sons growing up through the 80s, she would buy the adult top and the child's top. So she would buy the top that they could wear as a mm-hmm. kid and she'd buy the adult version. So they they had they have minted replica kits from like their youth. The to where as an adult, that's wow. brilliant, eh? So she's got Aye. all those amazing tops from the 80s to the 90s and they've got them all as 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 an adult Celtic fan. So Probably the same age as us,
4: you know. It's turned into a proper industry, is not it? The re- the retro uh, and the remakes. You see all the companies doing the remakes yeah. uh, and the Schneiders that are coming in from who, know, who knows where. But they're, they're pretty good remakes, Colin. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I butted in there.
6: I was going to say, can you imagine how much that would cost nowadays to do that? Mm. I know. I, I mean, I, I looked at the, the Scotland top in GD Sports and I think it's sitting, because they've now only put the ones out with the, the UEFA and the respect logos on the arms, it's sitting at about 70 odd pounds, and mm-hmm. a kid's one's about 50 60. So to buy, even for two kids, an adult and a junior's, are talking best part of 300 pounds.
5: It's scary the price got that. that, I, got that to to in, now. I got that in Sportique in Bathgate, which is the sports shop on the high street in Bathgate, and I got it, and it was in a, a replicate box. So it was like the, uh-huh. the box had the top, the shorts, and the socks. So, but all you saw in the front cover of the box was the, the, was the, the middle bit of the top and then behind it was the shorts and behind it was the socks and I'm pretty sure it was about 25 quid for the full thing. I
4: remember quid. that replicate box you are talking about JP, yeah. I had the home one the home one had a, a great shading SFA yeah. um, but obviously <laughs> back then you were with pride Collins <laughs> laughing Collins <laughs> laughing because times have changed uh, people will tell me they were the same back then but I was just no, a burn cool. and I didn't know any
5: better got SFA on the collar there and, yeah. on, and
6: on the shoulder as well mm-hmm. yep. I think SFA has a different meaning nowadays <laughs> <know>. it does <laughs> before we move on
4: first player that comes to your mind JP when you look at that jersey uh,
5: probably McStay Paul McStay
6: aye. aye McStay I'd say yeah just because I was obsessed with him as a wee guy I, I, think I, of, I think I have an idea of where you're going to go with this so I, I'll leave it but I'm going to go with Brian McClare
4: Chalky yes I wasn't going to go doing that because I'm going to be totally brutally honest I remember golf. Because remember oh, we played that game, it was against Cyprus away mm-hmm. and they played about nine minutes of injury time and Goff mm-hmm. scored two goals in the injury time. You remember that? I did remember it, yeah. Remember wearing that kit. So sorry to uh, mention Richard Goff on a Celtic State of Mind, but there we are. Stephen Welsh there was talking about the two legged affair. Obviously, we didn't have that luxury last season and we bounced out the competition at an early stage. I was thinking about that because in Denmark, of course, there's going to be a healthy enough crowd in the away leg um, and again yeah, you ask yourself the, the question does that benefit the away team because it's all going to be home fans of course or does that you know does that energy benefit the home team I think they would just pre- prefer JP to play in front of a crowd of some description after a year of playing to empty empty stadiums
5: Yeah absolutely I mean it, it's been grim watching it as a fan at home uh, and its I'm sure it's been grim for the players as well because they just don't have that that energy, that kind of, there's something to feed off. It's like mm. imagine a band playing, it's like a band playing to an empty room, you know, or, or 10 people or 20 people. You know, you're not going to get the same enjoyment, you're not going to get the same buzz energy, you know, for that gig as if it was a full house, which is Nothing. precisely why you sell capacity gigs out. Uh, so I, I, mean, I, I think, you know, regardless of the fact that it'll be home fans, I saw John Paul Taylor's tweet saying, that due to the UEFA ruling, no fans will be allowed to travel. Like so, we couldn't go there, and they can't come here, and and that'll be the case, I think, all the way through the qualifying uh, mm-hmm. stages. Which I did kind of expect. I mean, there's no way that was going to be opened up. Um, but yeah, I think God just let us back into the grounds, man. It's, it's so it's been brutal. It's been brutal.
4: It has been. And I think that when you're looking at the, the last season, Colin, there is obviously light at the end of the tunnel when you're watching the Euros and you're seeing fans getting back in. Um, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to get this question out the road because it's Scotland jersey that's over JP's shoulder. What's your thoughts on Friday? Um, I mean, are you a big international football
6: fan yourself, Colin? What? I mean... I think everyone's been captured by this international bug that's been going around in the last sort of year or two, especially since Scotland qualified. And I was there's I a younger, bug, there's a bug, there's something going <laughs> around. Aye, one of the ones. As, uh, when I was uh, a lot younger, I did. I used to follow Scotland all the time. Uh, got to hand in a couple of times as well, and then I think that the problem with the national team was when you looked at the performances under the likes of uh, Craig Burley, uh, for example, not Craig Burley. You Know what I mean? Um, his, um, his uncle, George, his uncle George, uh, George Burley. That was it, things like that. And playing no striker up front, that's enough to bore fair, anyone. Ferenc Ferenc comes yeah. to the <laughs> mind um, the 4 6 0 away to the Czech Republic, ironically. Um, but things like that, it's enough to kind of bore you off football over the last sort of four or five years. I think everyone started to take a lot more pride in the Scottish national team. Um, and I was as disappointed as anybody else with that performance on Monday. Um, I don't know what David Marshall's doing nearly at the halfway line, uh, but it just was... I, I discovered now why everyone says Scotland are glorious at failure. I'd never experienced it in my lifetime, but now I got to see it. And, I mean, things like the the, um, the own goal that nearly happened, um, some of the, the sitters, and then the, that disastrous goal... Uh, which will probably go on and win goal at the tournament. Eh, will probably get the, the goal at the tournament. It was, it was a remarkable finish. It mm. was a remarkable finish. The thing is, Colin, it's, it's interesting to hear you say
4: that, the, the glorious failure. Um, like JP, this isn't the first time I've experienced it. And there was a resignation on Monday. It wasn't, yeah, you're disappointed, but it wasn't this gutting disappointment. It was almost expected, to be honest with you, JP. I don't know, did you get the same vibe yourself?
5: Yeah, I watched it... Uh... I watched it on my phone in the car on the way back down from Aberdeen with my uncle. My uncle doesn't care for football at all, really. Um, so I watched it on my phone, which is a bit of a surreal experience watching a huge game of that magnitude, first game back in a tournament. <laughs> and I'm watching it on my phone in the car, but I, 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 I didn't, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any wild hopes. There's a lot of things like on Twitter, people saying pre-match picture of heart and post-match. Uh, renting, uh, renting, and that, and spotting standing <laughs> at the side, the side of the train track, saying it's uh, uh, it's not very good being Scottish. Um, mm-hmm. I don't quite buy into that because I, I was, I, I certainly wasn't getting all gung ho and brave heart, thinking oh we're going to do them and all that. I mean, with the Czech Republic are a good side. We weren't playing, we weren't only playing, playing minnows there. You know, I know <laughs> they've not maybe got, they're maybe not littered with household names, but that boy that scored the two goals is did he not go for a huge transfer fee? Sampdoria
6: and then he's at Leverkusen now and believe it or not JP Celtic were actually linked with him years ago under Ronnie Dyla he
4: was probably available for half a million and he came to Lennox Town, you're going to tell us that as well Colin, just to brighten brighten up our
6: morning Ronnie Dyla was interested in bringing him in, in one of the January transfer windows and we didn't get him
4: was that that the same one that we we brought in Gadetti and uh, Skipovic instead? That'd have been,
6: that been one of the summer windows. I think this was a January transfer, but it's it's out there. If you go and look it up, it was certainly uh, linked with a move to yeah. Celtic Fantastic.
5: It, it certainly, it certainly did the damage. But I, I Scotland. I mean, who knows what will happen tomorrow? It, 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 it could go it could go either way. We could have the game of our lives, you know, in front of fans at Wembley, you know, or I, I would I would hate to think the the reverse of that because. I mean, england are a good side. I know they only scraped a win against Croatia, but they're a good side when they want to be, and they're, mm. they're littered with, you know, match winners. So
4: Aye. you're right. <laughs> uh, now, to keep it Celtic-related, uh, Colin already mentioned David Marshall. I'm going to throw Jack Hendry into that that mixing pot as well. Does that finally put to bed? the Marshall and the Hendry and we should have brought them back and we should have signed them and all this kind of thing, do you think, JP, when you actually see in the cold light today that comedy of errors, because that's what it was.
5: It, it was, it was. Um, I don't know, I, I don't know if, Jack, I mean, for the same token, Jack Hendry hits a crossbar with a shot, you know, and another day that goes in and he's a hero. Um, so him having a shot from distance like that was a bit mental but he's not going to be the first centre half to hit a shot from whatever it was 35-40 yards Um, and and by the same token Marshall being so far up the park I've read a few people saying that's what keepers do nowadays and it's like well did they go that far up? I don't think they go that far up yeah maybe they don't stand on their line but they don't go right up to the halfway line almost at the halfway line of the opposition I mean if Marshall's even six yards further back he probably gets that you know because that's why he's forced into doing the kind of the meme leap that's become a meme, you know, like where he throws himself in the net. But six yards, six yards back, he probably, probably arguably gets to that. Uh, so I don't know if that makes Marshall suddenly a bad keeper and Henry a bad defender. Uh, I personally would still, I don't think signing Marshall uh, certainly now would be an idea. Uh, maybe for last season. Perhaps you could argue that that would have been an idea. Um, I would still like to see Jack Henry back at Celtic. I know that might not serve well amongst people watching. They might think I'm a clown, but I, I just I, I, I would rather see him back if he's got if he wants to come back and he wants to prove himself at Celtic. Then I would say he deserves an opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But.
4: What I've seen, JP, after the game was a lot of people saying that uh, this should this should stop the chat on Axon about Jack Henry. Because I've said it quite a bit over the last mm. few weeks that we're in a situation where we really need to assess everybody at our disposal. Now, and I, I include players in there that I don't necessarily rate because mm. I, I'm not a big fan of Bayo. I don't think he's ever going to be a Celtic player. Mm. But I think there needs to be a period of bringing players like that back in. Sved would be another one. Luca Connell, that's for you, Colin. Bring them in and assess them and let the new manager assess Surely the new manager has to have a, a part to play. And If there is a player and there is an opportunity, and we think with Jack Kendry the situation may well now be out of our hands, even though we had um, Scott on from the Belgian po- podcast saying that the, the deadline was the 31st of May. Mm -hmm. in response to, in relation rather to Sten's option to buy it was the 31st of May and if it hadn't been done by then the the ball's back in Celtic's court nothing has been mentioned on an official basis Colin do you think it's uh, like JP says it, it, it would be remiss of Celtic to allow players like Hendry to go out to, to Belgium or even Sved to go back out to Mechlin which has been also reported um, before Poster Postacoglu's had that opportunity to spend some time with them, share his vision with them and, and see if he rates them.
6: I think you're looking at two different scenarios here. Um, one with Henry is that he's had a very good season in Belgium and there's been a lot of interest in him. Now, from what we understand, Ustend were only going to buy him to flip him. They were going to yeah. buy him cheap and sell him on. Now, if that option's still there and there's still a lot of interest in Jack Henry um, come the end of this tournament then Celtic would be remiss to not try and cash in on that if they don't think he's part of the plans. Now, you're probably going to need him in for a game or two until you get your own signings in. I don't think he'll ever be good enough to play for Celtic, to be honest. I mean, if you watch that horror show uh, against Partick Thistle a couple of years ago, that shows to me what Jack Henry did in the Celtic jersey. Maybe he doesn't suit Scottish football. Maybe he suited the style of Belgian football. um, And if there's a chance to cash in on him, and use that as part of the rebuild, I think it's something that he has to do. When you look at Sved, I don't think he's interested in playing for Celtic, and this goes back to, I say this time last year, but just a bit later than this time last year, when Neil Lennon came out in that press conference after Fenech Farros and said, there's players here that don't want to be here. Now, everybody at the time has said, well, you should have moved these players on. Mm. Now, you don't want to get into another scenario where you're bringing Sved in, And there's maybe two or three others that don't want to be at the club. You can't make the same mistake twice. If he doesn't want to be here and there's an option for him to go, whether it's cashing in on him or sending him back out on loan, then do it because he's not going to give his all if he doesn't want to be there. Mm. The other other one's in Cham, isn't it? The other one's in Cham, I think.
4: Yeah. In that same boat, JP, and he would have been one of the guys, I guess, who was was angling for a move last year as well. JP, so are you on Collins? Can kind of boat when it comes to that? Would you rather just ship these guys out? What? What? I don't know what, where the nautical references are coming from today. But...
5: <laughs> I think it's as as Colin said. It's, it's it's about whether or not the players want to be at the club. If, they, if they've got a passion and a hunger to play for Celtic, and if they meet. And post glue and 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 like what they what they hear and see from him, then I I I I don't think you can have enough of people like that. But absolutely, if it's not for them, if Scotland and Glasgow is not for them, as it clearly isn't for any more for Olivier and Cham, uh, you know, because it's quite clear he's wanted away for some time. You know, he's yeah, definitely, he's definitely one of those players that Neil Wendham was talking about, and the transfer market was such last summer that. It wasn't again, as Neil Wenning has said. I'm not, I'm not in any way agreeing with uh, the majority of what Neil Wenning said because it was absolute uh, mania at times. But um, the the things that he said about the players wanting away, true, you know, and the, they couldn't get away because the transfer market was 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 um, puggled because of COVID. No, <laughs> nobody was buying anybody. So all these guys that wanted their moves couldn't they get their moves, and then we just we were lumped with them in our biggest season. Yeah, in our biggest season and I I don't know whose finger you can uh, point the blame at for that because there's nobody to point the blame at if if, if, if clubs aren't coming to to buy these guys where are they going to go? (laughs) It was a a horrible situation inflicted upon us at the the worst time and I know everybody was affected by COVID but not everybody had numerous players that wanted to leave the club at the same time
4: Another player who might be leaving um, we believe is Chris Sire and Stephen Welsh was asked that question yesterday as well this is what he had to say I
0: think I I think everyone will be trying to establish themselves in the in the team anyway Uh, especially a new manager coming in it's kind of a fresh start for everyone so I'll be looking to impress as usual as I do uh, every pre-season since I since I came up with the first team so I'm very much looking forward to it and hopefully hopefully I can uh, put a good first impression on it. This week on the
7: marketers report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, global chief marketing officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and
2: a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
7: As the number one audio company, iHeart gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: He's brilliant at no answering the question, eh? (laughs) Um, The the other part of that question was, are you going to be... uh, you know, established as a first team pick I know Colin has a view on that I think that um, Stephen Welsh was one of the very few bright sparks of last season, I think his introduction went under the radar when you compare it to the, uh, the kind of feedback we were getting around Sorrow and Turnbull when they came in, Welsh just quietly got on with his job, which a lot of that I guess is to do with the position that he plays um, you know, y- you don't always get uh, a huge amount of credit for, you know playing centre-half and winning balls, etc., which I think he does very, very well. You don't think, Colin, that he's a first pick next season, do you?
6: It all comes down to recruitment. But if you re- you're you looking to recruit better than what Stephen Welsh is, um, for me, I think he would be a squad player next year. But then it all comes down, as I said, to if you can get these players in. I, I wouldn't want him to be the first pick because I think that means then that the level that you're looking at the defence wouldn't be good enough. I mean Stephen Welsh came in and played, as you said, twenty-one games last season. Yeah. But for a long period of time, he wasn't getting picked over guys like Shane Duffy, who wasn't exactly setting the heather alight like, um, when he was in there. It was only towards the sort of second half of the season when he was given the responsibility and thrown in there. Now you you kinda of think things might be different next year with fans back in the ground, but if you're wanting to build a team that's going to progress further you've got to have better than Stephen Welsh in its centre-half. That's not saying that he's a, he's not a good player and I think he will develop. But I, I wouldn't want him to be in there as a first pick because I don't think that means we'll have strengthened.
4: Well, it's a, it's a good point, Colin. Um, I think that domestically he is of that level, but, you know, we've not seen enough of him in a settled defence um, at any higher level than that. And I think that, you know, Last season was an introduction. This season for me would be, hopefully, to see him playing more games than he did last time round. And he, he, I, I think he is a, he's already established himself. And certainly it is down to the recruitment. JP, what's your thoughts? And this will lead on to some of the chat around recruiting centre-halves, and in particular, Eric Sviachenko. Uh, we've already spoken about his current and ex club, Um and there's chat about bringing him back in. So we'll lead into that as well. But what's your thoughts, firstly, on what Stephen Welsh has done and where it puts him in a pecking order?
5: I, well, I, I certainly didn't let himself down, uh, and uh, the weird way that he was kind of brought into the team and then jettisoned, you know, after after the the, the Rangers game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was kind of a weird way to, to to sort of manage him, and, and and bear in mind what he did before last season. Was he was not on loan at Greenock Morton. You know, he's yeah. not not exactly been going and playing at like a an a, a even similar level to the to the to the the, the league that we play in. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if he's going to be tested elsewhere. So it, it really was a bit of a baptism of fire for him to go in, and you know, no fans as well, which possibly helped him in a way to. You know get by in a way that maybe that didn't help Jack Hendry because people got on Jack Hendry's back straight away, um, you know, for for any mistakes that were made for by. the
4: for the partick Perue, I think I like to call Aye, it. that.
5: Well, well I've, I've mentioned it before, but it was, this, it was a run of three games and it was like Red Bull, Salzburg, Harps away, me, and we got beaten all of them. Mm. And to, to uh, for a, a Celtic fan, you know, to associate a guy with three defeats consecutively. That's his three in a row. And, you know, maybe an you know, unfairly made a scapegoat for those games. One of the games we got a guy red carding, James Forrest got red carded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Declan and I were talking about it. Uh, get well soon Declan by the way. Um <laughs> and uh, we were talking about it in off air. And you know, so he's associated with that run of games and I just think Welsh benefited from not maybe having the fans, it obviously works both ways, you want fans to give you that energy and to get, you know if Welsh makes a a last ditch tackle the crowd will be going mental and be right and and that that could spur him on and and kick him on for the rest of the game, maybe even for multiple games beyond that, Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time he didn't have the pressure of the fans and the the worry if he makes a mistake or whatever, if people are going to be on his back, Um, I certainly think I'm I'm more inclined to think we need to go out and buy someone absolutely cast iron nailed on. That's his shirt number five. That's his shirt. No one mm-hmm. else takes it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have this like worrying about putting a centre midfield guy in the defence beat on or whoever. It's got to be we have a, a, a defender who is a defender, and that's it. You know, um, Colin.
6: I was going to say, Paul. When you, we we've had a podcast a couple of months back, when we looked at the sort of amount of players that we reckon would be needed as part of this rebuild yeah. and everyone sort of accepted that it's not going to be uh, done in the one transfer window, not now especially when as JP kind of puts behind us that ominous 33 days that we've got until the first game of the season but if you had to focus on only three positions that needed like the, the solid strengthening like going out and spending some serious money in mm. this transfer window mm. the three that I would be looking at is centre-half, left-mid, and a striker. And in the centre-half position, we spoke about around this time last year that we needed at least two centre-halves. That was when you had Ayer and Julian playing in there as your centre-half pairing. Now it looks if Ayer's going to be away, Julian's out, injured, we don't know when he's going to be back. So you're looking at actually adding to that again. So how many do you actually need? You probably need three centre-halves this window if you're going to get to a full complement. What's, Lu, what's Lustig
4: doing? Tongue in cheek. No, I, I, I get your point, but I would probably say that uh, although the left-hand side's not being dealt with properly, I think a goalkeeper is a must. I think a goalkeeper, a centre-half and a striker are the three main areas. JP, what's your thoughts?
5: Yeah, as a spine to build, to build on, yeah. I mean, a goalkeeper, you need somebody that you can hang your hat on, you know, and I don't know if that will be... Uh, Barkas. It was interesting. Somebody said that Barkas is is actually a Dutch speaker. Did you hear that? Yeah. Was, was it was it on was it on our podcast or some another podcast? Maybe I don't know, or maybe I read it. But apparently, he's a Dutch speaker and uh, spent all of time in the in the Netherlands. Maybe that's nonsense. I might be regurgitating nonsense. I don't know. But uh, he uh, <laughs> he yeah. I, who knows what's going to happen with Barkas. I, I, I You'd like to think that he will be. Uh, it'll be around, uh, and we'll be given an opportunity. But it's all it all goes back to whether or not he wants it. If he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be here and he wants to go back to Greece or, or or seek another challenge elsewhere, and he's not happy in Glasgow, then then we we, we cut our losses. But yeah, a striker as well is, is paramount, you know, because Edwards going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's surely imminent, um, and then you know we need we need to we need somebody to to replace his goals because there's nobody else about that can do it.
4: No, And and you know the thing, you're talking there um, about wanting to be there 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 is one of Stephen Welsh's answers later on in the interview around the fact that um, Ange Postacoglu obviously is not there yet, but he hasn't yet communicated with the players and that Mm. is a massive concern because like, like you were saying earlier, there are certain players calling like Sved, we don't know the situation, but the manager might be the key to that decision the key to the attitude of an individual player so he's going to have to sell his vision going forward and whether Barkas or Sved or anyone else buys into it um, you know I've heard the, the, the Bobby Petter uh, name being mentioned time and time again how Martin O'Neill breathed new life into Bobby Petter I think that we got better performances and a better player out of it. Petrov um, Mm -hmm. when Martin O'Neill came in than had previously been seen, although Kevin Graham will point out a couple of good performances Petrov had the previous season. I just think that there are players at the club who will shine under the new gaffer. Uh, There will be a a post-Lennon bounce certainly with quite a few of the players Uh, but that remains to be seen because the gaffer's not met or communicated yet with the team. But it does lead us on to that that old question and I used uh, Mika Lustig um, in jest because obviously Eric Sviachenko has been linked with the club and I've got to ask a question is this a lack of creativity with our recruitment strat- strategy going forward or is this the type of player we actually need right now in terms of a ready made captain someone who knows the club and playing in a position that is the weakest in the team I'll come to you first Colin what, what side of the fence are you on? with this
6: one? I think it's quite lazy um, that we're looking at someone and to be honest, I'm not sure how valid the link is. I reckon it's something that's just been thrown out there because Michelin was someone that we could actually be facing. I'd love to know um, if Posta Koglu has even heard of Eric Sviatchenko mm-hmm. uh, before. Um, I think it might be one of those ones. But if it, if it is genuinely serious, I think it is very lazy. Um, he's someone who was kind of ushered out the door at Celtic because he wasn't a first choice pick Um, and if we're going back to someone that wasn't your first choice pick, now being your first choice pick, he's either got to have improved dramatically or our standards have slipped Um, and you're kind of looking at it and you're going the kind of games I've seen him play since he left Celtic, he hasn't really been impressive Um, he played Rangers in the, the Europa League qualifiers a couple of years ago and he wasn't that great, so Are you really getting to the stage then that it's just a case of if he's going to be our first-choice centre-half, our standards have slipped, and that's the way I look at it. I don't think there's, to be honest, there's much in this, and if there was more to the actual link, we'd have probably seen more and more about it, but it seems to be a sort of throwaway article. I
4: liked liked him as a a personality, Uh, JP. Mm -hmm. I thought that he lacked... uh, pace massively, his biggest issue for me was the pace uh, that he lacked and I think that um, when you are looking for a wee bit of the old it's just a safety net isn't it, someone who knows the club, a safe bet I don't think that's the route Celtic need to be going down.
5: I have to say uh, Brian did lead me down a bit of a path with his argument over the whole we need somebody in that knows the club and that that, that knows Glasgow and no, all that sort of thing, and knows the city. Knows, knows the city. Yeah, knows, uh, but, but it's a good but, taxi driver. Yeah, <laughs> but as a centre, as a centre half, obviously a position that we're we're crying out for somebody. But it just feels like with Sviatchenko, it'd be like we're we're fishing in a paddling pool rather than actually, you know, going to I the like surely the ocean, which has <laughs> numerous centre halves in it that we could like uh, go and get for you know a few million quid who are maybe 22, 23, 24 and I know that players of that level come with a, a premium and, a, and and all the rest of it but I'd like to think that we could cast our net out further afield than, than a former player at 29 mm-hmm. who, you know, left the club and, you know, you leave a club for a reason A reason, and, and he left and it, going back for players very rarely works out, does it? It really it, There's not a lot of success <laughs> stories where it works out. I mean, Charlie Nicholas comes to mind. I know that was a, a dark time uh, for for the club, and he didn't come back when we were all singing, all dancing, rip-roaring, free-scoring, never boring. Uh, far from it at that time. Um, but you know, I just I, 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 it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me, and it doesn't feel right. It would it would it would be very underwhelming. And when talk of captaincy started getting flung about yesterday, I was like, whoa, 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 let's let's uh, let's stop this bus before it uh, <laughs> before it crashes. you know? So do you, re- uh,
6: do you remember when we signed Izagiri a couple of years ago? Yeah, and how that one came out a complete left field. Mm. Well, it was I mean, Paul the Tim that set that one up. Was enough? <laughs> <laughs> Thank That it looked like it at the time, but honestly. I, that's the kind of the way I feel about Siachenko coming back is the same way I felt about Izagiri it was just lazy lazy scouting yeah, if someone knew you like Celtic bring him back in he'll get, mm-hmm. he'll get the fans on board no, no thanks <laughs> and obviously the
4: uh, you know the comparison going from the paddling pool to the ocean carrying on the nautical theme JP thank you for that <laughs> that was I, accidental <laughs> brilliant I, I spoke to Eric Sviachenko the day that he was paraded at Celtic Park and this is what he had to say walking onto that pitch today was an amazing feeling I cannot wait to do it in front of those fans for real the physio said to me have you ever felt loved then he explained if I give my all for Celtic I will feel it like never before I like the words, but that that was then. This is now. So I'm on the same. I'm in the same boat as you, uh, hmm. JP. Uh, when we're talking about that. Now we were also um, Stephen Welsh was asked if indeed.
0: Oh, there we go.
4: There's mine. I'm a t- There's my one there. What's that? Spiritualised. I'm at the George reference there, JP. Um, but we—he was asked. Stephen Welsh was asked if the Champions League uh, qualifiers was the beginning of the recovery after last season's disappointment. Uh, and this is what young Stephen had to say.
0: I think I think the Champions League campaign is massive for the club. Every season, uh, I think financially for the club, it's a big thing. And then for the players to go and compete at the highest level. Uh, so we're always looking to do well in in the at the European stage because well, that's what every player uh, that's the level every player that wants to play at. So I'm looking
4: at this season and I'm wondering to myself, and I've heard the the discussion yesterday, a very good discussion on Axom around what is this season? Is this a season of transition? Um, you know, because we're at that point, JP 33 days before the first fixture, the gaffer's not in the door yet, the backroom team hasn't yet been confirmed, the head of recruitment, the director of football, it goes on and on and on. Um, is this a season of taking stock? And should Celtic, as a support, should the fan base be expecting the immediate return of the league championship trophy? Uh, because that is what normally. Would, we would expect that's the standards that were set over a period of nine years before last season. What's your thoughts on that, JP? How well-received do you think Celtic fans, if it's communicated in a certain way, would accept that this is, a, is something that, because of where we are, we're going to have to build quite a lot of bridges this season. I don't think we can ever say we're going to accept anything other than the best. We can't accept second best, because as Shankley said, second best is nothing. And I, I totally agree with that, particularly in Glasgow. What's your thoughts going into the next season and the expectations of the fans?
3: Oh,
5: big question. Uh, I, 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 do you know what I, I? I think it would. It's such a big, it's such a big job, and it's almost like the success that we've enjoyed has come at a cost. It's like you know, it's almost like we've ran out of yards, <laughs> and 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 we need to sort of go right back to the start a bit. You know, I'm not saying that we're you know, a way, way back to, you know, nothing. But it just feels like, yeah, there's there's so much work needs done and there's so much change happening that it would be somewhat miraculous if we were to be, you know, ahead, way ahead. Like we go to Ibrox the first game of the season or the first time we play Rangers and beat them and then ex- establish a lead. You know, I, I would be looking to come out at Ibrox with... With a draw, you know, uh, and you know, a respectable performance. More than anything, just because of the state we're in, and I know people will be like, "No, no, no, we should be going there and beating them," and blah blah blah. <laughs> like we're we're not in a, we're not we're not tooled up right now to beat them. <laughs> like We're not. They've got a settled side. They won the league at a canter, you know. Um, as much as you you don't want to talk about that, but it's 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 fact. It happened. Just like we have won the last four trebles that happened, whether they want to insert, you know, anomalies or clauses or, oh, you only did it because of this. No, it happened. We won four trebles in a row. Deal with it. You won the league last season. You stopped us winning 10 in a row. Fine. You know, but the fact is that now we have, you know, we've got to look at the situation. Yes, the the previous manager has left. Yes, the previous chief executive has left but that doesn't mean to say that just suddenly you switch on a light and everything is great again. You know, there's just, there's so much, so much work to do and the the, the players not wanting to be there is such a huge concern because they're key players. They're not peripheral players. They're key players and key players need to be replaced. So I'm of the thinking, and it may be, it may may be looked down upon by some people, but I'm of the thinking that I, I just want to get back into the ground and that's my, that's, I just want to see Celtic play, not on a screen, not on a phone. You know, I just want to see them play in the flesh and and, and start to see, you know, what what is instilled by the by the new manager and you know, whatever new players come in. Because we said before, we can't make mistakes in the transfer window. Now there, there no. can't there can't be flops. There can't be bedding in periods. Well, there can't. Okay, not there can be bedding in periods. That's that's allowed, but there can't be write-offs of two, three, four million players like, oh, well, you know, he's away but out on loan to somebody or whatever. Guys that come in now have to do the job for Celtic in the first team. It can't be projects. It can't be, you know, guys that we've signed specifically to then send out on loan we need guys that can play in the first team that's, that's it It's yes.
4: an interesting point JP because I think that the first player to come in is Liam Shaw and mm-hmm. I would expect him to be viewed ordinarily as one of these players that you're referring to I know that they get called a project player I wouldn't have expected Liam Shaw to come in as a first team pick that's, that wouldn't have been my expectation of that player. What was he 19, coming in from Sheffield Wednesday Colin? I wouldn't have thought he was going to be in and around the, the first team. But because of the scenario that we're in, um, I agree with JP. Every player we pick, everyone that we recruit and bring in, has to be first team ready.
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're kind of getting into this period where we're going down to Wales in a couple of weeks' time to start the pre-season um, with the games that we've got coming up. A lot of these guys that last season we said they just weren't up to it, they've now got a fresh start. Guys like Ayeti that we say oh, that was a complete flop. These are guys that have got to now go and prove themselves and prove that they weren't wasted money. And they've got a new manager coming in, there's a new philosophy on how to play football. You've got to think that everyone should be looking at this Welsh training camp as a, a chance for them to nail down a jersey for next season because... Mm. I don't think there is, in fact, I'd say there's maybe one or two places that you think, hey, OK, this person's going to play here. Like For example, I think James Forrest will be a right midfielder next season, no matter what position you play. And I think David Turnbull's almost guaranteed a jersey for next season. But after that, almost everything else is up for grabs. So these players, um, like these project players like Liam Shaw or Luca Connell or even Leo Connor, coming back into the side, they have to look at this training camp as a chance for them to go and prove that they are good enough to play for Celtic. Yeah, And then if you get that out of them, then suddenly you don't need to replace that position. You might need to strengthen it in depth, but you've got someone that's in there and someone that's played in that position before. And that really helps us out this season.
4: See, in theory, though, I love what you say there, Colin, about a new philosophy from a manager, and because I'm sure he will bring an absolutely different approach uh, than Neil Lennon did, JP. But when you look at the, the period of time he has with the new players, and we've spoken about this all season, a culture isn't created overnight. You know, this takes. A, you're talking about bedding in players. Bedding in a culture takes time. It, it's not a light switch, you know, uh, and people slowly but surely, uh, without them even realising, become part of that culture because it's about behaviours, isn't it? It's about buying into it, and then the change of behaviours that then results in that culture being part of the institution that you are involved in, which is Celtic Football Club. My biggest concern also going into the new season is the fragment, the fragmented nature of this holy trinity, and I remember and I think this is the first time he's been mentioned, although Colin might have mentioned him before, Brendan Rodgers saying the Holy Trinity, Uh, and when all of those are working in tandem, then Celtic is an unstoppable machine. And I believe that. But it's it's not working like that at the moment, because what you've got is you've got the boardroom, and you've got a fan base who seem very far removed from the boardroom at this moment in time. And then you've got a team that, whether or not you believe we can influence them as fans and as an energy within the stadium, I believe we can actually, JP. I think that's part of the the beauty of Celtic Park on the big nights that we're able to overcome uh, massive sides who might even be better than us, but they're not on the night because we're part of that. And I think the fragmented nature of that probably feeds into your... Your thoughts earlier, JP, when you're saying you just want to get back into the ground, you want, can you see it coming together? Um, do you think that's going to take a long time to heal? You know, we've heard and we'll talk about, we've heard, again, more rhetoric from Neil Lennon um, attacking Celtic fans. That's what he's doing. And I'm not buying it that he's going to say that section or that breeds this new breed... No, if you're going to attack the Celtics support, you're attacking us all. Mm. And it's as simple as that, JP. Do you think it's too fragmented? How long do you think that's going to take to repair?
5: I think it probably comes from the manager and how he uh sort of sets his stall out. I think that that will have a big part to play. It's not it's maybe not a surprise that they've gone for somebody who appears to be quite bullish and, you know, quite defiant. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who can maybe bring people, bring a bring a team together, bring a squad together. Certainly, from the bits and bobs I've seen of him, you know, he's not uh, short of animation. Put it that way. Um, so I, that 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 will have a big part to play as well. Getting back into to the ground. I mean, I I, I, I renewed my season ticket yesterday. Six hundred sixty-six pounds. Uh, not all will leave my account at the same time, right? That's how much it is. It's, it's mental, but six uh, hundred sixty-six pounds, and I've never been less excited because I basically just, I just basically flung money away. I don't know when I'm going to get in the ground. I know I've signed up to this ballot thing, which you obviously could do once you've renewed, and uh, I did that. But that's that's just a that's a hail mary, isn't it? You don't know if you're going to how many people are going to be allowed in. You know how do you how you know you, you you just don't know. So that from that point of view is why I'm not. Overly excited about the season because being a season ticket holder, it's about going to the games. It's not about sitting in your living room watching it on a TV. And I know that that's out of the club's hands right now, but ultimately, it's now it's now two years in a row that this is happening. For the whole of last season, we didn't go to a game, which is it blows my mind that that is actual fact. But it is, and uh, you know, like you said about uh, fans influencing the the, the players. Uh, that's key to this rebuild, is, mm-hmm. this, is, is, is having that connection back to, you know, if there's going to be so many new players coming in. You know, there's yeah. players, players played for Celtic last season and never experienced fans. That oh. is mental. That is absolutely mental. That You know, <laughs> say what you like about Shane Duffy. He never played in front of the Celtic fans. Never got yeah. to experience that. Whether he was good, mm-hmm. bad or indifferent, he never got to do that and some people will say well he didn't deserve to do it but that's not fair because you don't know what was going on in his personal life. Uh, I still maintain that is uh, something that you should be looking at. Um so
4: are you uh, yet to embark still haven't played in front of fans. E-
5: exactly, exactly. So uh yeah, I, I think that's there's a lot to be said for that. And if you go back to talking about fans uh, influencing the players. Put, put the fans take the fans out of the ground uh, Celtic against Man United. Do we mm-hmm. beat Man United in that Champions League? Uh, call, uh, Champions League game when Nakamura scores. You know, I, I don't know if we do. You know, the, the din when uh, was it Saha that took the penalty? Boric yeah. saved it <laughs> The din when he's when he took that penalty, if he takes that in an empty ground he probably puts it in the top bin. Does he score it? Uh, you know, and obviously he didn't score it. So I don't know. There's 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 a lot of a lot of arguments to be made about that.
4: Mm I mean, you're talking about a Hail Mary. Surely it's a Hail Hail Mary that that we're going to be using, JP. Um, Now, it takes us on to the coming together, um, the reparation, if you like, of that relationship between Mm -hmm. us, the fans, and the club. And by club, I mean, obviously, those in charge. And I think that over the last few weeks, I'll come to you first, Colin, there's been criticism already uh, that I've heard around uh, Dominic Mackay and obviously his face appeared on one of the banners outside Celtic Park and I've said I, I find that quite unfair because I don't think that he has been at the club long enough to make uh, his influence known I think there has been a lot happening in the background that a lot of people maybe are unaware of I know that he's uh, building a lot of bridges with various groups and fan media um, outlets as well and and his communication has been vastly better than the club had been previously. So, at this moment in time, I think it's a bit early to be tarring Don McKay with the same brush. I mean, if you were unhappy with the outgoing CEO and you make your feelings known, that's fine. But I think it's a bit early to be tarring Don Mackay with that brush. What's your thoughts, Colin?
6: There was a part of the interview um, when. Hans Postacoglu was announced and you got the sort of bonus interview with Dominic McKay at the end of that. Um, And there was something that was really quite interesting as part of that. And it was about the modernisation of the club from top to bottom and bringing things up to the standards that it should be at. Now, Celtic actually approved that to go out. I mean, if he'd have said that and it didn't go out, we would never have heard it. But the fact is the club clearly think this is something that we have to do and it has been given the the go-ahead to do it. Now, you're saying that he's he's out there building bridges with uh, fan groups and with fan media and with everything else. That's part of a modernisation of Celtic Football Club, is that you're actually coming away from the old school of the leaks that go out to the mainstream media. I mean, how many times did uh, social media know the Celtic team before Mm -hmm. it was actually officially posted? Or how many times did you know that well, actually, we're looking at this player and he's coming in before anything was ever discussed. It was because of the the sort of way that information was passed out of the club. Now it looks as if that fans are actually being looked at as an important factor as part of the club. And that should have been the way it's been for a long time. So it's a great thing that he's doing that. Obviously, (laughs) he's starting from a low base. The the kind of relationship has probably been as fragmented as, as probably as bad as what it was right back to when the board was overhauled mm-hmm. uh, back in ninety four. That I wouldn't say it's as bad as that, but it's as bad as it's been since then. Um, and you can see that. You see a lot of people in the comments saying, I'm not going to re- renew my season ticket. I see it on social media. I'm not renewing till this, that and the next thing. The clubs now came out and said, if you don't renew by the deadline, it won't be extended. So they're giving in one hand and taking away in the other. It's almost as if they're trying to force the, the hand of some of the fans. And I think they might end up regretting that. So although they're making good steps, there's still a long way for them to go. And as you said, it's still early days for Mackay. So you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt now. But Celtic fans will be quick. If they keep saying that things are going the way that they previously were under Peter Lowell, they won't be slow to come out and have a go at them. The big thing for me, JP, is uh,
4: there needs to be an element of patience here because there is so much to be done at Celtic and so much we're even unaware of that needs to be done behind the scenes at Celtic. And I think, in terms of the starting point, you know, Colin called it a bonus feature on the Anne's Postacoglu DVD. There, it was uh, obviously refreshing for Dominic Mackay to address the Celtic fans. What was your thoughts on the content of that? Because I thought it was very positive.
5: Well, I mean, he has to be positive, doesn't he? He's not going to sit there licking the wound, our collective wounds over last season. He's got to be looking forward, and I think, in a sense, you know, some people would be like, "Well, oh, what a job he's got in his hands!" You know, mm-hmm. trying to trying to you know piece us back together. You know, we've 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 fallen down at the bottom of the hill, so to speak. But in actual fact, all he has to do is just look at the discontent and right those wrongs. That's that's you know you know. Don't don't make the same mistakes as the as the previous incumbent, you know, and mm-hmm. don't don't blur the lines between being a CEO and being a, a head of recruitment. If mm-hmm. you know, we all speculate that that is what's happened, right? We don't know for a fact, or do we? That Peter Lowell muddied the water in terms of of that. We just we just speculate that that is the case. It can only be that that is the case without knowing for sure, because. Uh, just who else, is, who else has been doing it? Who else is doing it just now? Who's been doing it since uh, Nicky Hammond left? Um, and we've all heard stories of uh, players being suggested or being told that they're coming to the managers. Uh, I mentioned it before about um, the uh, Rami Gershon uh, that that signing, and, and there'll be there'll be many others cause, and well, Brendan Rodgers, uh, I've got about a million wingers. You know that that comment, you know, and oh, he'll be a good player for the club. Wasn't his signing? So who was it? Why why were these guys getting signed? Was it favors for agents? What was it? So all of that stuff has to be been mm. and hundred percent. And you know the the people in charge of that department do that job. Yeah. You know, just like just like the marketing people do the marketing job, the the recruitment people do the recruitment job, and and that's it going forward and. Uh, and and th- that's that's his starter for ten. And if he if he does that, then if if everybody knows that everybody's pulling in the same direction at Celtic, then then he's on to then he's on to a winner. You know so when we sorry Colin, on you go. I
6: was gonna say, so just on that JP we're, we're asking Dominic McKay to delete Dudu Dahan's number when his
5: phone is <laughs> yeah, yeah, part of the yeah, handover. Yeah. No, no, ghost Dudu Dahan every <laughs> single time he phones. <laughs>
4: You know, when we're, uh, we're talking through some of the issues, um, there are legacy issues. That, that's what we would call them, that he needs to deal with, he didn't create them. And that, that's probably one of the biggest ones. Uh, Marvin Comper's name always springs to mind, the Marion Schved comments, there's players coming in, even yes, under Neil. The- yeah, there's players coming in under under Lennon, um, who you know weren't his first choice. Were they even his choice? And you know th- these are the things that will happen uh, gradually behind the scenes. The other thing though, speaking of Lennon, is uh, we've not had the opportunity. Certainly, this this group of people have not had the opportunity to speak about. And I'm not labouring uh, the comments of Neil Lennon, but I just feel as though um, he's a man who is uh, really needing to look at his own responsibility in last season rather than trying to um, you know blame everyone from COVID as if that's a person, to the government, to the Celtic support and the, the one that, that really rankles me is uh, the Celtic support and then trying to um, insinuate that there are certain uh, you know, breeds of fans that he has nothing in common with um, so what was your thoughts again calling on him coming out and attacking the Celtic support as if we've chased Peter Lowell out of the club and we were to blame for uh, the disharmony at Celtic Football Club even though we weren't there last season
6: I think it's honestly about time that Lennon just stops this just enough's enough I mean what is he gaining out of doing all of this And there should be anyone that wants to try and give him um, newspaper columns and stuff like that to to air his views he had his time to do it when he was manager of Celtic he didn't do it now to come out and try and blame the fans and blame everybody else what's the point? It's not going to get him any favours the next time the Celtic job comes up, he'll never, ever be linked with it. He'll be lucky if he gets another job again. It's about time that he actually started to maybe concentrate on himself, put what's happened behind him and try and move on. But the longer he keeps dragging it out, the less relevant he becomes. Now, what's your thoughts, JP?
4: Because um, he's done the classic Boise. He's doubled in on this, is not he? And he's come back for more. And you think to yourself, you've already done your article with the Times. Every opportunity you get, you're going to be banging on about this because a massive part of last season was down to him.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I, I would like Neil Lennon to go, to go on and, and get a job uh, and coaching as a manager or coach, whatever, somewhere else uh, is certainly not going to be in Scotland. I think he admitted that himself uh, the other day on that uh, show that he was on. Um, because I don't, I don't wish ill upon the guy. I don't, I don't want him to not be successful. I, 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 he clearly can do a job. He's done a job at Celtic and did it successfully. This whole marginalising into like three or four months didn't go well out of my nineteen twenty year association. I, I think that's a bit of a strange way to look at it, but I do take umbrage with uh, quite a lot of the things that he said. I also agree with some of the things that he said um, with regards to you, you can't get away from the the, the player, uh, the player disharmony. That's either partly on him or just partly to do with the fact that they were oversaturated with success, which I did say a number of months ago was was my was my thoughts on it. Um, but this idea that the Celtic fans were used to success. And, you know, suddenly we weren't getting it and we were, you know, kicking our, throwing our toys out the pram. I think somebody very, very succinctly put it on Twitter the other day, yesterday, and basically listed out all the things that happened and went, I'm sorry, right, but there's, there's, are there's, not having success and then there's this. And mm-hmm. it just listed out all the, the things that have, you know, gone wrong either side of the Ross County game. You know, yes, we found a bit of form in December and looked like we were maybe getting back on the horse a little bit, but it was an absolute disaster. Europe was an absolute disaster, unforgivable. And, you know, I, I just, you know, there was there was so much went wrong. It wasn't just Ross County. That was the culmination of everything. And and the meek surrender in the Ross County game of that record was horrific. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, people um, rightly pointed out when we got beat 4-0 at Tynecastle, 4-0 at Tynecastle of a team that... Not got relegated do you know what I mean They uh, and Kyle Lafferty scoring as well was horrible and Semyonovic had a nightmare that day the team were applauded at that game by the players by the fans that were lucky enough to have tickets it's hard as anything to get a ticket for Tyne Castle uh, these days because of the, redu- the reduction and the allocation and whatnot. but I, I watched that in McCool's and I, I remember there was a round of applause in McCool's as well people were gutted but there was a there was a kind of like well you know what it's happened but mm-hmm. it was the bigger picture at that time and there was a bigger picture it was it was more a, a, more a case of like well we're not an absolute shambles of a club which it felt like we were at that time in the Ross County game so I'm not having that I'm not having the uh, you know we were chucking our toys at the pram plus it was a couple hundred people that decided to go to the ground it wasn't thousands of people yes people voiced their displeasure online of course they're going to dis- voice their displeasure online if it was a full house at Celtic Park they would have known all about it. So mm-hmm. e- an echo chamber online is nothing compared to what they would have had had there been fans in the ground that night.
4: Agreed. Today has been uh, excellent to be back. Uh, It's a first appearance this week for yours truly, so thank you, J.P. Mason and Colin Watt, for joining me. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. I've not had the same opportunities to bring you into the conversation due to the fact that we've got some of the videos from the press conference and hopefully that will be a regular thing going forward and I'll be able to uh, do both at the same time uh, because obviously as well as talking to these great gentlemen um, on the show I need to try and uh, juggle the videos and the the (laughs) comments as well Uh, yes we'll be back we'll be back same time next week and at that point we will know the result of uh, England v Scotland Colin and I will be talking about that on Friday on Colin's show so please join us then and please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done so already thanks everybody for getting involved uh, in a Celtic state of mind Thank you.
6: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. This
7: week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust.